Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Cricket Badger IPL Daily Podcast 2021. The Indian Premier League 14th edition. It's great to have you with us. From the first match all the way to the final. Chennai Super Kings, Delhi Capitals, Kolkata Knight Riders, Mumbai Indians, Punjab Kings, Rajasthan Royals, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Sunrisers, Hyderabad. May the best team win. Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins, put your money where your mates are, and play along with the Cricket Badger. wins. Download our app right now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and play against your friends with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who Knows Wins. Put your money where your mates are. Who Knows Wins in a league of their own. Hello everybody, welcome along. IPL 2021 daily podcast. James Butler, the Cricket Badger here. And well, it's a sad one today. We've had the uh, official confirmation that the IPL has been suspended indefinitely after some more COVID, positive COVID tests appeared in a couple more franchises. And it just became inevitable, I think, after the kind of it started to seep out this morning in the UK that there were more cases. And I said on the podcast yesterday that uh, I could see it continuing if they could look um, players in the eyes and say this is just a one-off and the CSK KKR stuff and that they're going to be able to continue safely for the players but obviously the further positive tests tweeted this morning I just can't see how it can continue safely and then within a matter of an hour or two it was officially off and joined by Knuckle and Neil to talk about that and Neil IPL it is sport it's something that fills us all with joy but it is only sports at the end of the day there's more important things going on in the world and it just seemed like the right thing to do I think in the end to say yeah we'll call a halt to this I agree with it being suspended although I think suspended is a, uh, a loose term given the various schedules for uh, especially India it seems very unlikely that they'll be able to restart it anytime soon 
it puts into serious doubt um, unless things get better, how India can host the World Cup in um, in October. It was definitely the right thing to do. Um, I think opposed to what a lot of what I've seen on Twitter, my only reason that I say that is that it should only be down to the ability of uh, the IPL organisers to guarantee the safety of the staff, the TV companies, the players, coaches, etc. Um, I accept it's absolutely horrendous what is happening in India outside of the IPL, but unless um, the IPL stopping is going to provide extra resources there, and I don't believe that any government resources are used for the IPL, I don't believe that um, they're used, uh, you know, keeping a hold of oxygen canisters or um, ICU beds, um, stopping it for any other reason than the safety of the stakeholders within the bubble would be largely performative to me. So until they can guarantee the safety of the people working on the IPL, you can't carry on. But I think that some of the other talk around it has been more emotive rather than practical or logical. I think that's that's a fair comment, Knuckle, isn't it? I've seen a few comments on Twitter this morning. I I tweeted in response to one of them that the there is seem to be a little bit of a glee from some quarters of uh, the media and and the general public. Oh yeah, well I've been telling you this for ages. This should never have happened. Um, and they're almost kind of dancing on the IPL's grave, which seems a bit unseemly to me. Well, you and I have talked about this on this show and. I've tweeted about sort of much the same thing. I tweeted yesterday that I was uncomfortable with the tone of glee around the potential suspension of the IPL and that if it did fall for whatever reason, and Neil's absolutely right, and I have said it and I'm not the only one to have said it, the thing that was going to stop the IPL was breaches in the IPL bubble and loss of players, staff and other stakeholders' confidence in the bubble, which has now happened. The IPL has now been suspended probably will not be able to happen um, again in terms, in terms of the second half of the tournament just because of the schedules, although they are keeping their options open. But it wasn't a cause for celebration. Um, and while I can completely understand, and I, again, we've discussed this a few times, I can completely understand the discomfort in the IPL happening while this acute COVID crisis is ravaging India. I completely understand that. I sympathise with it, but I've said explicitly that I didn't think that stopping the the IPL would be able to help the situation in, in India and make the situation any better through freeing up resources. What was going to stop it was what has happened, which is multiple bubble breaches and a loss of confidence. While, uh, as I say, I understand the discomfort and I also understand the share and have written and talked about the deep cynicism and scepticism and dislike of the way the BCCI conduct their own affairs and the way in which they run and mismanage world cricket. That Conflating that with almost being gleeful that the IPL has stopped, is, is, I think is not proportionate. Neil, once the, the bubble's shown signs of being breached and obviously multiple co- positive COVID tests is exactly that, it's all, it's impossible to bring back that trust in it, isn't it? I mean, it's, everything's invisible, the virus is invisible, the bubbles are invisible. So you need to have that faith that the system is around you protecting you. And if you're starting to see positive COVID tests in camps, that disappears, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think we saw this with the England tour of South Africa. The positive tests, which in the end turned out to be false positives, I believe, completely destroyed the perception of security. And alongside actual security, the perception of security is just as important because that's um, 
what gives the players and coaches, etc., confidence. And that's what keeps them there. If they no longer feel safe, they're not going to stay. And um, these breaches, we've had very little information. I mean, what I understood was from some quarters was that when Sundeep Warrior and Varun Chakrabarti tested positive after a hospital visit, there was a question with whether they had to undergo isolation and had tested positive in isolation in the way that Natarajan apparently had to take several days of isolation after going to have his scans. At that point, if they're still outside the bubble, it's a plus for bubble protocol. The more worrying signs came from the CSK camp and then the reports that we've had today uh, of Ridiman Sahar and potentially Amit Mishra. Again, I uh, freely admit that this is all Twitter gossip. I don't have any verification on that. But if people within the bubble are testing positive, that is when all confidence goes out the window. Um, without that confidence in the bubble, people aren't going to stay and you can't continue. Nor should they be asked to stay. It, it, it is too big a burden on players' mental health to ask them to stay in a place that they don't believe is safe. And we've seen this with the PSL a couple of times. We've, and we've, there's news today, actually, that the PSL, all six PSL teams have written to the PCB with a surge in cases going on in Pakistan and the country in partial lockdown to move the tournament to the resumption of the second half of the tournament to the UAE. And that is a case of, you know, maybe the PCB could set up a, a bubble, but if the, if the confidence isn't there, it, it's too big a burden on players to stay somewhere that they believe is unsafe. We're joined by Alan Beaker as well over there in the States. You've just woken up, Alan, to the news that the IPL has been, in quotes, indefinitely suspended. Um, what was your first reaction when you saw that? Well, I mean, to, to go towards Nicole's point, you know, once you realize that the bubbles are broken and now we're talking about the fact that it might have spread across the teams. Uh, and I, I know Neil just alluded to the fact that this might be Twitter gossip, but I think now it's been confirmed that Ridimansa actually is has also been um, has also you know tested positive I think now there's a danger that it's just going to spread across rampant and there's really no way for it to continue it is sad in some ways however there certainly are sadder events going across India so at this point maybe the best position really is is to postpone the tournament and you know really focus on getting some of the players back and you know see what happens with the tournament later down the year there is been Sahar one Neil um, I mean he's obviously in the franchise that you support. Um, I, I saw a couple of tweets that he'd been isolating for five days. So presumably he tested positive a few days ago. And um, if he's been within the bubble for the whole time, catching uh, COVID within the bubble is um, absolutely the sort of thing which takes these uh, drastic steps in terms of suspension. That confidence has gone completely. We knew with the KKR guys that they had gone out to a hospital for medical treatment or scans. Um, so there was still that hope that this has happened outside the bubble and they haven't brought it back in. Any um, further testing and the suspension of Monday's game could be purely uh, precautionary. But Ridman Taha having to isolate while uh, in the bubble all the time is a huge, huge shock and worry. Can I just read, sorry, I've just, the Crick Info report on Rudhaman Saha. Um, so this is confirmed from a journalistic point of view and stood up from a journalistic point of view rather than just rumours. He reported symptoms including a, a fever on May the 1st, have it the day before the Sunrise Rajasthan game. He trained with them that afternoon. After that, he 
that training session, he thought it was heat stroke, but he got a COVID test, which was negative. Uh, he was isolated immediately anyway. He then went to under went two further tests in isolation and tested positive in the third round of testing, all while in isolation. And this this is the the problem, isn't it, with the COVID that we've seen everywhere. Yeah, the, the symptoms creep up on people. You can test negative one day and three days later, as Rizim in Sahar has proved, that you're suddenly positive. And that, that just shows you the difficulty, Knuckle, doesn't it, in, in having these bio bubbles. I mean, it's a, a major logistical task, isn't it, in India? They've used eight, or they were planning to use eight grounds. You've got some eight teams who are travelling as well between venues after you know, playing three or four games in one place and then moving on to another. I mean, with hindsight, hindsight is so easy, isn't it? It'd have been better to go to the UAE again or to have one ground in India or one one city in India that you use as your base. But obviously when these plans were being made by the IPL, the situation in, in India was a lot more palatable, wasn't it, in terms of COVID cases and, and the, the risk of infections. The tournament started and then the spike just went bonkers. As far as we knew at the time that these plans were drawn up and I understand that the the Mumbai option of having the whole tournament in Mumbai across the three stadiums in in Mumbai was was heavily considered uh, as far as it was known publicly at the time the situation was somewhat under control now as it turns out that may well have been underreported by the by the Indian government but presumably the IPL were getting the same information from the Indian government as everyone else was it was ambitious to try and hold the the tournament in multiple venues even in this sort of reduced caravan capacity where they're not traveling so much, uh, holding a bubble in one or two venues across uh, two months, as, as for example, England have done on, on tours, is probably a little bit easier uh, in terms of that, uh, because once you've kind of locked the bubble down, it's not so difficult to it's not so difficult to keep it. And when we did have that bubble breach last summer with Joffrey Archer, it was in travel between two bubbles, and those are the the difficulties. From what it sounds like, it sounds like that maybe the protocol the protocol that was in place and working wasn't followed at KKR, as far as we know. Now we don't know what's what's happened with how Rhythm and Saha might have got it, and how Amit Mishra might have got it, or how the, the CSK guys may have got it. None of that is confirmed, so we don't know. And there's going to be an question there's going to be uh, a sort of audit of the procedure to see what has happened and it's not really at this stage about punishing people for um for making mistakes and for and for breaching protocol although clearly those people will not be feeling good about themselves and and that has to be looked at it's more about right what happened and is it a case of we had the right procedures and they weren't followed or was it a case of the procedures not being good enough because those are two separate questions and will impact on the future running of um if the second half of this ipl happens who knows i'm not ruling it out but i'm not terribly optimistic given the given the schedule um for for all countries across the world later this uh, throughout the rest of this year or for the next ipl which may well also be happening in in covid times and also for the t20 world cup and other tournaments like all of these tournaments and all of these uh, boards running tournaments are uh, and and series are learning from each other in terms of how to run bubbles and uh, it's important that that is able to happen in a in a free and open and honest honest way but i mean the main priority now as the ipl said in their statement is getting everyone home safely blackratcricket.co.uk you've probably spent lockdown dreaming about scoring runs and taking wickets well let black rat cricket kit you out and take you towards success blackratcricket.co.uk they've got a swanky new website and if you quote badger when you check out you can get yourself 15% off blackratcricket.co.uk join the infestation 
Uh, you, you mentioned Jofra Archer and he, obviously on, the, on his way from Southampton to Manchester he went via Hove which wasn't uh, it was a rather circuitous route and obviously got um, heavily uh, documented at the time I mean what that kind of draws into the into the kind of foreground is that bio bubbles you can have all of the science in the world you can have all of the bio bubble protocols in the world working right and we're still you know everybody's still learning these things as well aren't they yeah the science is kind of catching up with COVID but it's the human being that are actually trusted with abiding by those protocols, aren't they? And four weeks, five weeks into a tournament, maybe it's understandable that maybe some people were getting a little bit lax and had started to take it a bit for granted because they felt safe and things maybe slipped a little bit. You could, I mean, not necessarily understand it, but you could see that happening. Yes, you can. And it's, but that's why the protocols are so important and why constant re-education of the protocols and also making the bubble as comfortable and as um, luxurious and as, as fun as you can make it um, and as supportive as you can make it, uh, it is, is very important because it, it it reduces the need and the, and the risk and just keeps people a little bit, keep spirits up a little bit more it makes them more less likely to, to buck from as far as we know at this point when the protocols were being followed the bubble was working yeah uh, now that might not that might turn out not to be the case when we know more about what happened with rhythm and saha and amit mishra and balaji uh, csk and the csk co-owner and the and the team bus cleanup crew member and the delhi ground staff potentially uh, although i think it would be very difficult to keep anything um i think delhi the delhi ground stuff is a bit more understandable given that they weren't all staying at the stadium um at the same time we may know more know about no more about that but from as far as we know from what is in the public domain right now when the protocols were being followed, the bubble was working. Yeah, I mean, there's a few rumours going around um, about certain things, but we can't mention that because they're all unfounded at the moment. But and I had a tweet from Jimmy Pamant um, this morning, and he's uh, obviously the um, fielding coach of the Mumbai Indians. If you scroll back through the IPL dailies, he's one of the the early ones did a double header with Jimmy about his looking forward to the tournament. I can remember him saying, "Yeah, there is a little bit of trepidation amongst uh, the Mumbai Indians coaching staff." This was before the players had even arrived with them. That you know, COVID cases were starting to go up and a little bit concerned that yeah everything it would have to be perfect for it to go through uh, but um, what he sent to me this morning he says I, I think I flagged to you James in our chat in February I'm referring to that podcast interview it's a shame but the country is being overwhelmed it's devastating and tragic to see hard for professionals to put their hearts and minds into their jobs when people are losing their lives around us and what that underlined for me Anand was the yeah as a human being inside those bubbles we, we look at these guys from a distance don't we they've, they're wearing their coloured clothing and, and we view them as as heroes don't we as, as, as cricketers but ultimately they're flesh and blood and they're staying in hotels probably watching the news seeing just down the road there's people in hospitals dying left right and centre and obviously has affected a lot of people hasn't it inside those bubbles that, that you know the human side of what's going on in India has been hard to actually equate to then going out and playing cricket yeah I always thought it would be a challenge when we think about it the players are not really reacting to the fans not being there but also seeing you know the environment that's actually occurring outside the stadiums a lot of the players actually had families out there in that environment as well and that leads again to that that sort of mindset which which at times could be distracting times also it's heartbreaking to see you know what's what some people are going through so you know it's fairly obvious that the this can impact the players a lot of the players do a lot for the community and when we see you know what they're capable of obviously when they look at a situation like this it's bound to be heartbreaking it's bound to bound to hurt so it's not surprising that jimmy had mentioned that some of the players are worried about what's going on you know even if we look back at the kind of cases that were being reported india was touted as a model of how to deal with COVID. So if you look at December, January, February, March, 
cases were within the thousands. And I mean 15,000, 20,000. So in March 17th, there was 28,000 cases in the entire country. It's the same system that was reporting it then that is reporting it now. And, and just, to, so, just to underline those figures, the 20,000 in, in Barbados or something would be huge. But in, in India, where the population is 1.4 billion people, that is just a, a drop in the ocean, isn't it? We'll put it this uh, way. It's currently 400,000 a day. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. So if you look at how explosively and exponentially this has grown, you know, at the start of the IPL, we're talking about, you know, May, March 31st is 72,000 cases. April 8th, 130,000 cases. And all of a sudden, you know, things start going up and exponentially rising to now we are at, you know, about 300-ish, 400,000, you know, close to 400,000 cases. So this rise has been exponential. And actually, India hasn't seen it either. The highest number of cases that were reported in India was around that August, September timeframe. That was about 100,000. Sitting in the US and US has, well, till now, I think the US has been the worst affected country in the world when it comes to COVID. There was a lot of chatter about how well India is dealing with it. So, you know, some of this is also very unexpected. I can remember going back to sort of March, April last year when the IPL was initially called off um, and then obviously rerouted to um, the UAE for, for the autumn. Um, a lot of people were saying, you know, India is ripe for a real hammering from COVID because just the way the population is densely populated, so many people in the country, um, maybe some of the people in, in quite a lot of poverty as well, um, living on top of each other. You know, if COVID strikes there, it's going to just go through the, the population like wildfire. And if for, for a certain period of time, like you say, it just looked like India had escaped the worst of it, but it's kind of hit home in the last month, hasn't it? It certainly has. And part of it might be related to just, there, there are a number of different factors and it'd be hard to speculate on what actually causes, but it's probably a confluence of all those factors. You know, from hearing just of what's going on back home, I think things have sort of loosened up quite a lot. Uh, from what I understand in February, March, uh, you know, things had loosened up. Everybody was do back to doing all the things that they would. In addition to that, you add in some of the election, you add in religious festivals, you add in just a sort of, you know, I think the guard was down. And now this is not coming from a scientific basis. So I'm sure this is going to be looked well, at. I think we saw, we saw that in the UK last summer. We went through the first lockdown over here and then I think everybody, a lot of people thought, well, we've beaten COVID now. The sun's out. Let's let's party. Yeah, not necessarily that extreme, but maybe that's where India have, uh, have failed as well. They've, they've maybe thought we're through this now. We're through the worst of it. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I definitely think, you know, coming from a non-scientific uh, standpoint, it does look like that that's probably the cause of some of this. When you look at huge election rallies, you know, that's going to cause issues. We certainly saw that in the U.S. The holiday season in combination with the election, in combination of some of the things that were going on in the U.S., you know, you saw over the winter, U.S. started hitting 130, 200,000 cases uh, on a daily basis from November to February. The U.S. was not a great place to be in either. So it feels like how long we keep our guard up is certainly important to dealing with the pandemic. And uh, I think, unfortunately, and uh, to great sadness, you know, I think India right now is right in the middle of it. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. 
hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Going back to the, the cricketers who are over there, who've obviously had the news um, probably a little bit before us that the IPL tournament was being indefinitely suspended there. All now thinking about actually getting out of these bio bubbles and going back home, wherever that is. And that's not necessarily the simplest task in the world, Neil, either, is it? We've seen obviously Australia have uh, effectively blocked their borders off from flights from India. Even getting back to England is, is not the easiest thing in the world. And these guys have got a, a bit ahead of them before they actually get back in their beds. No, absolutely. We've seen the trouble that quite a few of the players who wanted to leave and officials and uh, commentators. I know Paul Rifle wanted to leave, but due to the current lockdown in Australia, he decided it was safer to stay in within the bubble until that had opened up. But Michael Slater um, had wanted to leave and pretty much wasn't allowed back in has been quite vocal about that I believe is in the Maldives now yeah I think I think Slats has basically said right I've had enough of this because um, I, I think um, as I understand it the rules in Australia are you can't come in directly from India but you can effectively serve two weeks elsewhere en route back to uh, Australia and then obviously probably have to quarantine once you get back into Australia so Michael Slater's taken the opportunity to have a little bit of a holiday in the Maldives I think I think they're looking at things again on the 13th of May so Slats is doing the sense thing I guess um, because he has the means to go somewhere nice until that comes up again that's the thing I mean the means to is is, is crucial with this I mean obviously with the BCCI backing they've promised the players they'll look after them and, and you know add their weight behind them in terms of getting them home but w- with that you've got plenty of different nationalities living and working in India somebody told me this morning that uh, it's somewhere between about 30,000 50,000 Aussies that want effectively trapped in India at the moment and can't get home because of what Australia have done. They can't all afford to kind of go via the Maldives on the way back to to Australia, can they? And you can understand why the Australian government is saying we're not going to make any exceptions to this because if I was an Australian living in Mumbai at the moment and then I suddenly thought I'm trapped here and then I suddenly saw all of the Australian cricketers getting special exemptions, I wouldn't be too happy with that. No, absolutely. I mean, I've got my own views on what Australia have done. I think they should be, uh, I don't think you can deny entry to to citizens to their own country, but you could demand that they quarantine for however long the government considers necessary at their own expense. But Cricket Australia have come out today, I believe I saw and said that players won't be getting any special exemptions there, which is the only fair thing to do. Um, I think they'll have to be treated along um, with any other Australian people who are in India and want to get back. The English lads then, I know that uh, with India being a red traffic light country, they'll have to undergo, or if this um, new process has gone into, uh, been put into place, then they will have to spend quarantine within a, uh, a quarantine designated hotel rather than undergoing it at home. So it will still be another week or two before they're able to get back and see their families. It's yeah, that, going to be... That, that's all in place now. Process. I think that's been in place now for about the last two weeks or 10 days. Um, it's officially a red traffic light country and those hurdles for people to come in from India are all there in place. So the English players are going to have to do that. I mean, Nakul, I mean, on the Australian thing and, and 
indeed any any overseas player in this. I've seen some of the arguments on Twitter to say, well, you knew the risks. It's, it's obviously in, in, in a COVID pandemic, going to a country like India is going to be risky. And you've obviously fallen foul of that. You know, you've got, you've got to kind of live with the consequences. Can you see that kind of side of it? Yes, I mean, that is literally what has to happen now, but it doesn't mean that it's easy or it doesn't mean that those players shouldn't be treated with, with compassion. Um, as I understand it, the Australian government is having a review on the 15th of May for this ban on Australian citizens coming from India, whether on a connecting or direct flight. In the meantime, the Australian uh, contingent is essentially they're all they're they're taking the Maldives um, route, so they're uh, they'll be going to the, the Maldives. Um, about forty different forty Australian personnel between players, commentators, and, and match officials will be in the Maldives. I think with the English players, as, as Neil says, quarantine. Similar with the New Zealand players, I think there is some talk. I don't think this has been decided yet that some of the New Zealand players will be involved in the World Test Championship and final and the series against England will just go straight to England and quarantine here which would make some sense not really sure what the situation would be with the West Indian players uh, the Bangladeshi players I think uh, with Shakib and Mustafi Zur will be able to go by a land to Bangladesh and will have to serve a quarantine period of a time yet to be decided ahead of them joining up with Bangladesh for their series and then you've got some of the Afghan players as well and I'm not quite sure what the situation is there I think that covers all of the all of the group and the South African players as well uh, and again I'm not entirely sure what the situation is is there but uh, I did see something from Cricket Africa saying that they are working with uh, all affected players to try and get them home safely so this this process is happening and then with the Indian players uh, it's Obviously, the BCCI will and the APL will help and support, so that's that's important. The the difficult thing with them is, and this particularly goes for the emerging Indian players who aren't on big contracts, the match officials, some of whom are not on big contracts, the ground staff at the various venues, the team support staff as well, uh, and the members of the of the broadcast crews, many of whom are not on on big money. Getting them home safely without them becoming a COVID risk while getting home, and also then not becoming a COVID risk to the communities they're going back to. This is going to have to be managed very carefully and with an awful lot of support and resources. But from everything that the BCCI and the IPL are saying and have been saying since before the suspension of the tournament, uh, that is their, their priority at the moment is getting people home safely. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. There's over 25,000 players and over £1 million already won. The biggest community pot was £31,000. And there's over 12,000 leagues created. Download our free app and play against your friends and family with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who knows wins in a different league. It's such a shame, Anand, isn't it? Because I can remember seeing the Jai Richardson interview after he was picked up at the auction and big wide eyes, um, full of anticipation, obviously a, a big bank account as well. Just really excited about it. And you know, as cricketers, it's it's a, a real feather in your cap, isn't it, to get an IPL contract and, and to play for one of these eight franchises. And, and for this one to finish like this is uh, is particularly disappointing from every single angle, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is, especially for some of the newbies, like you mentioned. I think Jason Berendorf has just made his way across. So you, I mean, you you, you've got you've got to feel for him, haven't you? He's just he's basically just literally just come out of quarantine and the, and the competition's cancelled. Yeah, absolutely. And then now he doesn't know how he's going to get back home, or at least maybe they know how they're going to get back home, but maybe not when, uh, just based on some of the details that we are hearing of uh, folks going to different places before they can go back home. So, uh, you know, it's certainly a, a, a bit of a pity. It's also a bit of a pity of the folks who are doing really well. Uh, you know, somebody like Avesh Khan, who basically had taken over the tournament, you know, with how well he's performed this year. Uh, maybe look at the Chetan Sakaria as well, you know, 
again, a guy who, you know, who's not really, hasn't, has not been on the radar for say the Indian cricket team, or even maybe some of the Ranji teams. And, you know, suddenly you see them come out. So something like Harshal Patel, I mean, he's leading the wicket taking, he's, he's, he's wearing the uh, purple cap at the moment, isn't he? And if this tournament never gets finished, he's never going to really be seen as a proper purple cap winner. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it certainly is a bit of a shame. And, you know, like we talked about in the last podcast, we we're talking about the big mega auction coming up. So, uh, you know, when we just talk about the cricket, you know, there certainly are a few of these up and coming players who are starting to make a name for themselves. And it's, it's fairly sad for them. You know, another big question is what happens to some of the established players? For example, somebody like MS Dhoni, does he come back next year? And I, I don't know that it was, I mean, he certainly, I didn't mention that he's going to retire or whatnot, but you know, what happens to some of these established I mean, it'd be, it'd be a crying shame, wouldn't it? If a, if, if a character like MSD, if this is the end of him, you know, he goes out in a, in a suspended tournament because of COVID and a pandemic rather than, you know, the, the fitting end to an MSD IPL career is walking off a packed in a packed crowd, hopefully with a few runs under his belt, getting absolute mass adulation. But this it couldn't be further from that, could it? Certainly isn't. But I mean, you know, when, and you know, we're talking strictly from a cricket, sen- a cricket sense, but when we kind of look around and see what's going on in India, maybe it is all acceptable. And hopefully some of these guys do get to come back in, whether it's with a second a postponed phase of IPL uh, similar to what the PSL is trying to do or whether it's next year uh, certainly looking at the schedule it doesn't look house it looks a little uh, uh, jam-packed so it would be interesting to see whether the IPL can actually get going later on in the year and if it does even get going is it still played in India is it played elsewhere so lots of things to ponder about but it would be nice for some of these players at least to uh, get that opportunity in the limelight Neil obviously the, the term indefinitely suspended leaves you a little bit of wriggle room there doesn't it I mean that, that could actually be next week or it could be next year indefinitely just means they, they're not putting a time scale on it I've, I've seen September mentioned obviously India come to England in the summer they play their, their last test match I think it finishes um, mid to early September and then there's a very small window before the um, t- 2020 World Cup that's possibly the only window there is but the problem is I think that India have got T20 games against South Africa and New Zealand off the top of my head organised as um, as warm up to the World Cup well, do you think that, do you th- do you think they'll put that as priority over the IPL? Depends on the money, I guess. Uh, how much money the BCCI are going to get from the IPL compared to um, those games? I think um, you know the answer to that, don't you? <laughs> One, one's going to be like significantly to bigger number than the other. I would have thought. True. Um, but what about the other countries that will also have T20 warm-up games? I imagine every country that's going to take part of the World Cup would already have organised T20 games ahead of the World Cup to fine-tune their squads. It'd, it'd be very difficult considering the vast numbers of players um, around the world who would be needed to come and play in the IPL to see that happen um, ahead of their national duty and I can't see all the countries giving it NOCs. That, that's the other thing, Knuckle, isn't it? That you know, for, for a country to allow one of their players to play in the IPL, they need to give a, a what's called a no objection certificate, um, which is a, called an NOC, to say, yeah, we're fine with this guy coming and playing for your franchise. Ahead of a T20 World Cup, they might be few and far between. I mean, unless it happens in the UAE and the... I, and the World T20 World Cup is also rescheduled for the UAE and then can just come early. But it's just such a tight window. 
also we've seen other tournaments like the PSL have had a replacement draft going different overseas players uh, in many cases to for for the ones who aren't available this time around I cannot see the IPL going ahead with a second tier or second string set of overseas players I think that really does undermine the whole point of the tournament and the whole selling point of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you could play it with just Indian players, couldn't you? But that's not what the IPL is about, is it? No, it isn't. And that I don't see that happening. That September window, unless they... And I, I really don't even want to mention this, but I've only, I'm only mentioning it basically to shoot it down, the possibility of not holding the World Cup this year, which is what kind of what they did last year. But they've already postponed it once. They can't postpone it again because there's supposed to be a World Cup next year, a T20 World Cup next year uh, as well. Then there's a 50-over World Cup in 2023. Yeah, I just don't see that that, that is going to happen. It'd be completely the wrong message to give world cricket, wouldn't it? To say the IPL is more important than a global competition yeah that would i mean that would I mean, clearly the bcci are not a, against having a fight with the icc whether that's a fight they want to have i really don't know and i don't see that i certainly don't i don't see them winning it um uh, frankly i don't see that that's in the bcci or the icc's interests i'm a massive ipl fan but there's no way i'd want to see them winning that that fight no um no um neither would i from a uh, quite apart from what it says I mean there's so many apart from the political and the almost moral arguments about it so most other countries in the world rely on global tournaments ICC tournaments for their revenues and so that not happening again would be would be horrendous uh, I, I don't see that that is particularly likely it's not in the BCCI's interest either because they are I know the ICC are affected are de facto hosts of not de facto they are they host every global tournament but it's supposed to be hosted under bcci auspices they were meant to be hosting it this year even if it happens in the in the uae that would be they'd essentially be the host country as it were uh the bcci i don't think that's in their interest so i think we can almost discount that possibility not completely you can never quite discount anything that september window i think a lot's got to go right for that to happen and and ultimately i mean we we saw the um ipl state that uh, earlier on in the competition yeah the, you as cricketers are playing for for humanitarian reasons, which I think that that kind of ruffled a few feathers because I, I didn't think it was sounded a bit grandiose. But what they were meaning was you're playing for the people in India, you're playing for keeping them inside the houses, keeping them happy during a horrible pandemic. It's going to be difficult, isn't it, for a lot of those people in India to get their heads around it stopping. There will be a lot of people who had effectively set their body clocks that that is their IPL moment of the day where they can just escape from the pandemic for a bit. They're going to be there's going to be a lot of sorrow that these competitions finished. Yeah, I certainly think so. I, you know, we we obviously know that sports are play an important part in being a distraction to really what's going on in real life. You know, sports is not a solution to all the ills that are going on in the world. However, that little respite that you get by those four hours of entertainment sometimes can be important. You know, talking to friends and family back home in India, one of the things that I often hear is, you know, we're just getting news that is not great. And at times you just want to break from it all. And the IPL does provide that, doesn't it? We saw that even when the pandemic first started and there was no sports around there. When England first started playing, playing cricket, for example, that was great. You know, oh. it was almost must-watch viewing, wasn't it? I mean, to say Save My Life is a massive over-exaggeration, but it certainly helped hugely. When sport came back in the UK and cricket came back, and it just gives you something to look forward to that day as well, doesn't it? You know, when everything's doom and gloom and the news is full of people dying and bad news, the fact that you've got a certain part of the day that you can look forward to that you know you're going to enjoy, it's, it's huge, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's almost this feeling, at least, you know, that we get from friends and family right now in India that, you know, we get 
getting a lot of negative news. And to be honest, that's exactly what's going on. So the news is fair, is very fair that some of it is negative. However, that just little small break that the sports provides, it's not that important in the, at the end of the day, but that break is, is so helpful. But ultimately, Anand, I mean, to kind of switch, switch to the other side of the fence, it is just sport, isn't it? And it is just blokes with sticks hitting balls. Um, and I know it's big money and I know everything else that's uh, circulating around it, but sport is hugely important, but it is only sport. When people are dying in a country and they're suffering so badly from COVID at the moment, does it really matter in the bigger scheme of things whether this IPL is ever ever finished or not? So I think in the when we look at it at a macro level, I don't think it matters. I think what really matters is that we defeat the pandemic. And from an Indian perspective and even the world perspective, the, the, we really have to figure out a way to actually comprehensively defeat this uh, to defeat COVID. And sports really play such a small role in it. You know, it's a shame that the IPL is not going forward, but the safety of the people, the way we we carry on with life forward is really what's more important. So, uh, you know, if this IPL is not completed, as Knuckle mentioned, due to schedule issues, you know, so be it. Uh, what will be good is that we take care of this pandemic, we fight back and the world recovers uh, and that we we'll, then we'll see another IPL again with some of the brightest talents shining uh, under the brightest lights. One final point, Neil. This pandemic is a very strange thing. It's a very scary thing, but it goes in waves um, and hopefully with vaccines and hopefully with people understanding it more, um, every wave becomes a little bit less of a threat to people. And I mean, I, I think back to the UK, it's not too far long ago that we were in a massive lockdown with COVID threatening to uh, take over again. Um, and we scroll on a few weeks and months and we've just seen on this bank holiday weekend, fans being allowed back into the, the World Snooker in Sheffield and terrific atmosphere in that auditorium, obviously done very carefully and people being tested and, and passed, etc. But this COVID situation moves on very quickly and hopefully, um, fingers crossed for everybody over there in India, it gets a lot better very quickly over there too. We, we've seen various countries around the world, not just India, have uh, times of extreme difficulty, but they have managed to get through them with some missteps along the way, but they've managed to find their way in the end. And hopefully that can happen as soon as possible for India. I would say um, regarding the IPL and sport generally, yes, it is just one guy throwing a ball and another guy hitting it with a block of wood. But it's also a multi-billion dollar business that provides a livelihood to thousands and tens of thousands of people around the world and um, provides a huge amount of tax income to the government. The government is only able to do whatever they're doing, and this goes for any country, if uh, there are businesses which are still able to pay their tax. So it is a loss also in in that way, because otherwise it's going to be the um, more normal people like you or, or I or many of our listeners who won't be paying today, but will be paying over the next 10 or 20 years. If these things can be done safely, then they should go ahead because it's not just the mental stimulation and escapism that it provides to the viewers. The business itself beyond that is funding a lot of the work that needs to be done 
around the world. Neil, Knuckle and Anand, thank you very much for joining me today. The IPL indefinitely suspended. Um, Our thanks as always to Who Knows Wins for their support of our IPL Daily podcast. And the IPL Daily thing, obviously, we set these up to do them every day and to look at the cricket. Show our enthusiasm for what is a terrific tournament. And unfortunately, that's finished now. We're going to continue with the IPL Dailies over the next two or three days and see how things pan out. Because obviously, there's going to be fallout from the announcement today. And there's things to talk about. But obviously, we're not going to go all the way through to the 30th of May because that would be strange stretching it rather a lot. Stay tuned because we'll be back over the next two or three days at least. And well, hopefully at some stage it might be rearranged. And if not, we'll be back again next year to uh, cover it in its full glory again as an IPL 2022 edition. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for your support. If you can check out the charity edition, where we basically chat for two hours about cricket and everything we love about cricket. We're trying to raise money for children in need in India. And obviously, as we've just been saying, it's uh, COVID-ridden India at the moment. There's going to be lots of kids struggling over the next next few years as a result of this pandemic so if you can donate something even if it's just a pound into the fund there and just help us build that up a little bit so we can uh, help children in need india it would be very much appreciated i've been james the cricket badger and i will see you again tomorrow Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins, put your money where your mates are, and play along with the Cricket Badger. Thanks for listening. We'll be back every day throughout IPL 14. Have your say on Twitter on at Cricket underscore Badger. We'll see you again tomorrow. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.